G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. It's been great watching some of the extra JLT games this week, uh, especially when they're on on weeknights and uh, having a bit of a chance to come home after work and get some fantasy footy watching in. Uh, I'm sitting at the desk today with my mate Matt, of course, as always. Hey everyone, how are you going? Hey how'd, Christian. How'd you, uh, how'd you like some of the games you saw this week, mate? Yeah, it was good. They were... I've thought they were a lot more enjoyable to watch um, than last weekend's, oh, for the most part. Yeah, it seemed to be split 50-50 last weekend, didn't it? Half the games were, yeah. and the other half actually had a bit of fantasy relevance. Yeah, yeah. These ones were fun to watch from a, a fan perspective and mm. actually from a fantasy perspective. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so let's uh, let's jump right in. Uh, we were uh, actually having a little bit of a hindsight look back at last week. We got very excited to be back in the studio for the first time for the year. And uh, noticed that the podcast went on for about 90 minutes. Wow, that was a long podcast. <laughs> it was, I didn't even notice it sitting in here, actually. It was no, just so much pretty fun. pretty quickly talking, but yeah, it was great to get back well. in. So we'll, uh, we'll try and keep it a little bit lower than that, but we still want to make sure we give you as much in-depth fantasy info as possible. So we'll dive right into the next lot of the JLT games, which started on Wednesday last week with the Carlton St. Kilda game. Mm. And Carlton kind of romped away with this in the end a little bit, but it was a good game to watch still. I really enjoyed this one, actually. Yeah. It was, And yeah, it was a bit of a surprising result, to be honest. I was expecting Saints to win. Um, I thought so too, but there, but, were, there was a lot of fantasy relevance coming out of this so one. So much. I think both of these are going to be very fantasy relevant teams mm. this year and for the next couple of years moving forward. Carlton especially. I mean, the Saints as well, yeah, you're, you're dead right there, mate. Yeah. Um, so talking about some of the Blues... Uh, Jeez, Caleb Marchbank, he's one of my boys. I don't want to like on about this too much, but (laughs) he showed that with Doherty not there, and I mentioned this last week in our watch list segment, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to take up a lot of extra points this year. I think we were both quite high on him Mm -hmm. over the off-season about him being the guy to look at for... um, For draft leagues, maybe somewhere in the middle order? Yeah, absolutely. And get a lot of value out of him. Yeah, he he looked very good um, across the board. Yeah, and uh, he's priced at about 490k in fantasy. That's a bit too much, but yeah. because he's not a true mid-pricer at that range. No, probably not. For what he can accomplish, like you're probably going to get a, a high 80s, low 90s average out of him this year, at best. Yeah, at best, I'd say. I'd, I'd say probably 80-something. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's probably not one for me for salary cap, for, yeah. but for drafts, definitely keep an eye on him. But a guy for every single type format is Patrick Cripps, and yeah. he just beast mode at this game. I know they left him up forward a lot, but the fact that he actually still scored well he, up forward. He spent a lot of time up forward. He still scored 82, and he looked quite natural up forward as well. Yeah. So he, I think we can be pretty... We can feel pretty comfortable that he's still going to score and mm. contribute to the to the game from up forward. Yeah, it's, for me, around about the same price as Nat Five. I'm having a real hard time deciding between Nat Five and Patrick Cripps in my salary cap side. Mm. And the other day, I was just thinking, you know... Bugger it, why don't I just go both in there and I don't have anything wrong with it. Like, it's, they're both underpriced for what they can deliver. Mm-hmm. And after injury-affected years, yep. uh, I have no issue with popping in the same salary cap squad. Fair enough. Same bit of cash there. Um, moving on, you know, Matthew Cruiser, he had a great year last year, one of the best Ruckman. Uh, if not, was he the best? Or was that I think he, No, I think he w- w- might have been the best one last year. Yeah, I think on average, Cruiser might have... Oh, there we go. Uh, we've got some stats here. Uh, no, actually, Grodney did just pip him 106 to 105 in terms of average, but there you go. still, that's that's not, not a huge amount. So realistically, a, a lot of people I think are backing him in to have another year like last year. Mm. I'm still not sold that he'll be able to replicate a career best year, but I don't think you can go wrong with him in any format. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, he's got to be one of the top 
probably top 10 picks in most uh, redrafts this year because Ruckman are really, really scarce on the ground. And to get one which scores, like Brody, Grundy, or like uh, Gruzer, could yep. be gold. Yep. Uh, Gorn as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, going down the list, we, we kind of gloss over Ed Kernow a fair bit because he is <laughs> that just workman-like guy. Um, yep. So he's a good middle-order draft guy, maybe late, late yeah. in the draft. Draft only, he's a good depth player. So if you play with, um, if your teams are quite deep and you've got a lot of lot of players, on, he's great for um, a bench player that you can yeah. swing in for certain matchups or to cover injuries. And if you're playing quite a long uh, starting midfield, then he's great as your yeah. sixth or seventh centre. Definitely. Um, Paddy Dow was the one that I had my eyes on this game, and he, mm. he really didn't disappoint, did he? He was... No, only scored 60, but I thought he looked very comfortable. He adjusted to the pace of the game really mm-hmm. well. He made good decisions with the ball. He didn't look overawed. There were a lot of good signs there. I, I was really impressed. Yeah, he was just composed whenever he got the ball, and there was yeah. that one goal. Uh, I think uh, Cripps actually got the mark and kicked the goal, but mm. that, it was just Dow stealing it out of the centre and spearing it into yeah. it, and that's that's composure. Yeah, bullet-like passes. So I, that leads me to believe that he'll get a fair bit of game time this year, yeah. and that's what you need for your rookie price players. Yep. Yeah. So I'm locking him in in my salary cap side at the moment. Yeah, he's it, in mine at the moment. Because, of course, this is all dependent on whether they're actually named for round one. Of we, course. We can only speculate at this point. Of course. Um, Cade Simpson, I'd ignore that 60. You know, it's a JLT game. I know he played 91% game time, but still. He, he's a veteran. He's just doing what he needs to do, get the miles into his legs before the season starts. He'll get his body ready. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, and you've... Again, the same applies for Mark Murphy. You know, he's not going to be putting in 100% for a JLT game. No. Uh, but the interesting one for me is, or we've got two interesting players, Kurnow and Kennedy. Um, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie Kurnow, who is your man. Yeah, he's I, not I your love, boy, he's your man. I love Charlie. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I thought that... I wasn't massively concerned, to be honest. He's one of those sort of prototype hybrid players who'll <laughs> play a bit forward a bit midfield that'll take him time to adjust to that split um and i think from memory he spent a lot of time injured and slow started over slow starts over the past couple of years yeah um he'll come good over the course of the year i think he's more a keeper selection definitely wouldn't look at him in redraft i wouldn't look at him in salary cap He's a keeper guy, so you're hanging on to him and you're just keeping him on your bench for the time being and letting him build into his body and his game. Yeah, see, I in salary cap league, no, but I don't mind him as a late pick in a draft league. Because okay. I think this could be his real... I know he had a sort of breakout last year, but he I think, had a good couple of months yeah, last year. A month and a half. Probably. I think he could put that together a lot more uh, consistently this year. Mm, so right. I, I don't mind him as a later pick in a draft league. Um, I mean, you know how much I love him. So. I know, I do. And the other one is Matthew Kennedy, and he really underperformed for what... I mean, we've got big raps on this guy. Yeah, well, I picked him last week as my breakout candidate for the year. You did. Uh, and I'm going to hold the faith. Yeah, I'm going to stay true. Um, <laughs> the numbers are all there. The stats are, are all pointing towards this being his breakout year. Yeah, look, he started the game quite well, I thought. There were a lot of handballs in his game, though, um, which doesn't help his scoring. <laughs> Um, he's another one that I think will take a little bit of time to find his place and his role in the Blues side. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll build over the course of the year. Yeah, so I, I still have no issue with you putting him in as a mid-pricer in your salary cap leagues and taking a punt on him uh, later, middle stages of your draft yeah. leagues. Uh, and in keeper leagues, grab him. If he's available, grab him and hang on to him. Cause he's and if you've got him, hang on to him. Yeah, Don't definitely. be put off by this. Absolutely. Um, 
On the Saints side of the ledger, uh, you know, a lot of very interesting yeah, players. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Jack Stevens, obviously, he's been a gun in the past, and I think he's going to do much better this year than he did last. So uh, he's yeah. another one who's really underpriced. Well, he was injured a lot last year. Mm-hmm. He still played, but he was clearly hampered. So mm-hmm. um, he looked a lot better in this game. Um, I think we should see him return to some of his best this year, and his scoring will reflect that, I reckon. And David Armitage is one that we mentioned last week in the watch list. We're a little uncertain of his role and how he'd fit back in. Midfield time. It was it was a lot of midfield, midfield time. time. And uh, he's a uh, is he available as a forward? Uh, this no, I year? think he's a centre. Uh, just just centre only. Um, but he only had seventy one percent game time for that eighty three points that he scored yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. And he tackles, marks, a lot of disposals. It was a pretty complete game. It's a great um, spread of numbers. He had a great shiner on his eye as well. I'm not yes. sure if he saw. <laughs> I did. This was one of the. I didn't get much of a chance to watch all of these games. I've yeah. watched replays of them later, but this is one I didn't get to see live. So yeah, he, he looked a bit imposing actually with mm. that eye. Mm. Uh, interesting uh, price player is Shane Savage because mm. uh, we we've had big raps on this guy at several stages in the past, and he always mm. seems to fall out of favour a little bit, and he gets dropped out of the best twenty-two. Yeah. Well, he was. He spent a lot of last year out of the side. I think he played the first couple of games, got dropped for most of the year, and came back in towards the end. Yeah. Um, his start wasn't great, but his end to the year was really good. And the years before that, he'd been fairly solid. So mm. um, I'm not sure where he fits into their, their best 22 with Robertson and I think they've got a couple of other rebounding halfbacks and Cofield, who we'll get to in a second. Absolutely, we will. So I'm not sure how he fits into their best team, but if he plays... I'm confident he'll score well. Yeah, I, I think that he will. If he's on the ground, he generally scores well as a defender. Yeah. Uh, or he'll at least get you that 75. And that's gold in deep keeper leagues or deep draft leagues. I reckon in a lot of keepers as well. He'll be free because he didn't play much last year. Mm. Particularly in leagues like ours where we've got a waiver cutoff, yeah. after which you can't pick guys up off of the waiver wire. So I reckon there'll be a few leagues mm. out there where he's free. Definitely. To explain that to some listeners who haven't actually gone through a keeper league before... Uh, you have your waiver cut off to stop uh, picking up players uh, specifically to to hoard them away from uh, players who are getting into finals, or and also well, if you know you're not going to make finals, exactly. you you might drop all your old guys and pick up a whole bunch of young guys, <laughs> which sort of damages the integrity of the, the competition for everyone else in following years. It's fantasy tanking essentially. Yeah. Um, you know you're going to lose, and that really gives a leg up to the other finalists who, in the lead up to finals, are actually playing those teams. Yeah. So. We don't want that. We have a waiver wire cut off, and Shane Savage is one that would have gotten under the guard of that. Yep. Um, I know that Jared Redden is another one. Uh, Jack, Jack Redden, Redden, sorry, Jack Redden. Right. <laughs> Who is this Jared Redden? Yeah, he's, he's in my team as well, a West Coast player. Uh, but he's one that got under the guard as well because he really didn't start performing until just after the waiver wire cut off. Yep. So he's actually available in our keeper league. It's very dangerous. It's very interesting. Um, so we'll move on to, uh, just to glaze past him, Luke Dunstan, I think, is going to have a very good year again this year. Yeah. Had a great last five games last year. 72% game time for 71. I think for a draft league, you can lock him I item. think draft league, you look at him. <laughs> keeper league, you look at him. If he's not already taken, he probably will in most of them. I still don't 100% trust him mm. because he just hasn't shown enough consistency in the past. He's but burnt you before. He's Yeah, he's slowly bringing me around. And the big, big one from this game was Nicholas Caulfield. Yeah, I was very surprised by this he, because he's... Oh. I mean, he's a tall, rebounding halfback. It's kind of like 
Grant Birchall, maybe? That's, yeah, that's sort of like a maybe. Little, bit, little bit taller I than I wasn't Grant expecting Birchall. him to be collecting 20 possessions on debut. No. And so that was really... And five marks. Really impressive game from him. Yeah. I'm not sure... Again, I'm not sure how he fits into their structure moving forward. In my opinion, he definitely plays round one. Yeah, for 70 Dream Team points, he was on the ground for 71% of the game. So he's still got scope for improving that number. Oh, absolutely. And I reckon over the course of the year, he's going to be a great rookie. So I've I've got him in my salary cap team. I've got him locked as well. Um, I'm just, well, like I said before, Savage, Roberton, Caulfield, I don't think they can all score points. Mm. I'm not sure if he'll do a little bit of a McGrath from last year where he'll just play his role. He'll yeah. still score really well for a rookie price player. I just, I'm just i not sure if 70 every week. Yeah, it's, it's not sustainable. The uh, the worry for me is the fact that they clearly let uh, Dylan Robertson play a little bit of a different role in this game, and as a result, he got only 25 points. He was exactly. nowhere near the ball. And do they actually take that tact in the season, or does Caulfield fall into that? that role that doesn't accumulate quite as much and Robertson just goes back into his natural rebounding halfback role. Yeah, so I, I he's one that was on my watch list. So I went into this game wanting to see how he played yeah. and I was really wrapped with what he did. But I just, I'm not sure how sustainable it is. Yeah, uh, Seb Ross is another one just there. A down game for him technically, but again, he's just warming up into it and he was terrific last year. Yeah. Uh, draft guy, keeper guy, absolutely. But yeah. not a salary cap. He's too expensive and there's much better players that you can be getting for his price. I mean, uh, Luke Shuey's 20k cheaper, Nat Fife is 35k cheaper, uh, Patrick Cripps is 30k cheaper. I'll be going all of them over. Ross Parker, 20k is cheaper, you know, all these sorts of guys. Yeah. Um, uh, Hunter Clark, I mean, we mentioned him again in the watch list as well. He was the other guy I went in wanting to see how he went. I, I do love this guy. I think he played really well for uh, considering he was only on the ground for 61% of the game. Uh, 53 points. He looked like he had a bit about him as well, considering he got those two goals. He showed a fair bit, mm. but he's a inside mid. They have a lot of inside mids. Yeah. He's not for this year. No. So I think if he does get games this year, he'll play the role that he played on the weekend, which is primarily as a half-forward flanker slash small forward. Yeah, which is going to be really detrimental to his scoring. And if yeah. he does play those roles, unless he is fantastic on the day... He will likely slip out of the He'll team in the best twenty two. Yeah, yeah, so I would not start the season with Hunter Clark in your side, even if he's named in round one. Yeah, I'd be very skeptical. He's keeper leagues. Look at him. Oh, you, you no need to other, Hunter no Clark other in a format league. at this point. No, no, they're definitely not redraft leagues. Not this either. year. No. Um, so we talked about Dylan Robertson. Uh, is there anyone else there that you spotted that you wanted to make mention of? Um, oh, actually, one more. Billy Longer. Uh, yes. has gone down with a bit of a hip flexor injury today, yep. apparently. We've we've heard some news through. So if that's the case, it does up the value of uh, Hickey. Yes, absolutely. Mm. So uh, in draft leagues, uh, you know, Hickey might be one who will slide a little bit. And mm. he can score when he's the number one Rockman. So yep. keep an eye but on In redrafts, I wouldn't hate picking up both of them, <laughs> yeah. Longer and Hickey. Um, because they've always kind of been sw- switching out for each other in the side anyway. Mm-hmm. So that way, whichever one's playing, you play them. Yeah, just handcuff them. That's the way to go. Uh, we'll move on to the next game then, which was uh, GWS v Collingwood. And mm-hmm. uh, if, if there was ever a romp, this was a romp. 96 to 36 in the end. It was and actually reasonably close up until halftime from memory. But, um, yeah, I, don't I mean, the Giants were clearly the better team, but they weren't scoring mm. until about after halftime. But yeah. And uh, it showed in the fantasy scores as well. So GWS had three 
three or four big scores, and Dylan Shield was the biggest at 134. Jeez, he was good. He is an incredible fantasy player on his day, but this is a JLT game, remember, and the yep. first person who's tagged in GWS's side is Dylan Shield, in my opinion. Yeah. We all know what Josh Kelly can do, and he's an incredible player, yep. but Shield is more impactful. Yeah, if it's Shield really is. If I was to... Yeah, if you were to pick one player, mm-hmm. if you were to pick Shield or Kelly and go, one of them... It's, it's really hard to describe because they're both great players, hmm. but Dylan you, Shield... you can't even say that one of them's classier than the other because no. they both ooze class, but Shield's touches impact more than Kelly's do. And he breaks the lines through the centre clearance as well, so he'll actually yep. get you through a clearance and into the open. Uh, yep. Whereas Josh Kelly does do a fair bit of his receiving on the outside. Yeah. Um, Dylan Shield's a real inside out. Dylan Shield looks a lot when he plays well like Chris Judd back when he played at West Coast, <laughs> where he was just very quick and he would bust out of centre clearances, out of stoppages, um, and he'll take the ball with him. Thanks, so, Mr. West Coast fan. Yeah, I, I just honestly couldn't think of a, a player that better um, represented Dylan Shield. Yeah, I mean, cool. Chris Judd was a very different player when he went to Carlton. Great player still, mm. but very different. Um, but again, Josh Kelly had a terrific day as well. So yeah. Both players scored well, but if you were to pick one for your fantasy squad, definitely go with Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Shield will get tagged from game to game, and he will have poor scores as a result. Yeah. Lucky Whitfield was interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's... Apparently, he's the man that's been earmarked for that halfback role. Mm. He played it really well. So and... much so, they kept him there the entire game. Yeah, so for me, the worry is that, yes, he scored really well in this game, but I'm not sure if he's going to particularly go anywhere upwards from his 97-98 average. Yeah, so I'd, I'd agree with that. You probably don't pick him up in a salary cap league in your midfield at the moment, hoping to switch him into your defence. No. Uh, you would wait until he becomes a defender in order yeah, to do that. Because his score is not going to change an awful lot. Yeah. Sorry, his, his um, price isn't yeah. going to change an awful lot. Exactly. I, I really don't like the idea of a, you know, when a midfielder becomes a defender or a midfielder becomes a forward, they generally won't score more for no. going into those roles. But if a forward or a defender become a midfielder, they will score more, more yeah. as a result yeah, of that. that. makes sense. They'd generally be getting more ball in the midfield to, to get that positional change. Exactly. So Lockie Whitfield will be handy as a defender if he is named one at, in six or seven rounds' time. Yep. But don't look at him right now for your midfield to start off with. I wouldn't be. Uh, Cornelio, though, we do love Cornelio here. I do. I really like Cornelio. <laughs> it's, I, he's underpriced this year as well. I, he's coming in at, oh, what's he? 663k, which is... Well below some of the top rate guys yeah, there, and he's he's not one of the top rate guys, but he's pretty pretty damn good. I mean, he could pull out a hundred and five, hundred and six average this year, which is really good, and he's very unique. So, yeah. I the thing with Canelio is because they just have that many good midfielders, he doesn't play the full game in the midfield. He mm. does spend a lot of time resting up forward and tagging people. He doesn't score really well when he spends time up forward, and generally he spends at least a quarter or so of a game there. So. Yeah. You just gotta temper your expectations a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Heath Shaw had a great game today, but or on the day, but uh, I'm, I'm still not 100% sold on his aging body and uh, whether or not he can actually string together an entire season of averaging above, you know, even 90 as a defender. Yeah, I don't know. He might have one more top year left in him mm-hmm. um, with the Williams and Wilson situation at GWS. Mm-hmm. They might go. To, they might turn to him one more time. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be starting with him in salary cap. I wouldn't be drafting him overly early in redrafts. Um, I'd give him a couple of rounds to see how he fits into the side and then 
counts or not, depending on the situation. Yeah, I like it. Um, uh, you know, Daniel Lloyd, Matt DeBoer, those guys, they had good games, but you oh. shouldn't be looking at those sorts of players. Don't get sold into a lot of uh, JLT hype. Mm-hmm. Um, another one uh, who, with a little bit of JLT hype, is when my screen decides to load here, um, young... Uh, what's the name of it? Langdon? Is that the... Um, the yeah, young, he looked pretty good, actually. Or the, the mature ager. Zach Langdon. He looked pretty good, but... And he scored 37. I'm not sold on whether or not he's actually best 22. He'd be no. very, very verge and hoping to step into that Stevie J role. Yeah, I wouldn't think he is. No. Um, I mean, Tim Taranto's got a year on him, and he's probably going to be playing more of that role. Yeah, I was quite impressed with Nick Shipley, but I don't think he's best 22 at this stage either. No. I think he'll come in at some point during the year, so he might be one to look at. Uh, in salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there were a few things he did which really impressed me. Yeah, Tiziani was pretty impressive as well, actually. He yeah, a- he's probably the front runner to come in for Stevie J's position mm-hmm. at this stage, I think. But um, we'll know more about yeah. the best 22 after this next week. But Langdon was the, uh, or there we go, Zach Giles Langdon. Uh, mm. He was the front runner, or so everyone was saying in the lead up to this game. And he didn't perform, which means he's very unlikely to get the spot. Uh, because there are a lot competing for it. But the big rookie was Jeremy Finlayson. Yes. Now, interestingly, last week you were all about oh, Isaac coming. And, and I... someone asked us, um, not on the podcast, but afterwards, mm. about Finlayson, and you were like, nah, he's no one. It's all about Isaac coming. I didn't say that. What I said was... I'm paraphrasing. That's he's... basically what you said. What I said was he's a 196-centimeter tall rebounding defender. And my thoughts were that they have tall defenders at the moment. Mm that they don't necessarily need him. I know the guy does have a very good kick on him. I don't think he's their best kick in their back line. I, I think Heath Shaw is still the best man to take those kick-ins. Mm-hmm. But if they are going with Finlayson as their kick-in specialist, then he does have the opportunity to get a few points. Because, and considering he's 170k in salary cap yeah, from memory, exactly. um, I've got him in my side at the moment. I've jumped on. Look, again, if he's named round one, because we don't know this until the mm-hmm. teams are actually named, jump on him because if they've decided yes he's the man we're going to try out for the first few weeks in this spot you've got to jump on him because his job security will be solid yep. um, his scoring's not going to be particularly high I mean he got 55 in this game from 82% game time that's probably what he'll do in the regular season yeah probably about that but it'll be a heartbeat yep. so that's what you want uh, we'll move over to Collingwood and I mean Taylor Adams did what Taylor Adams does he's a star he's yeah. a champion we don't need to talk too much about Taylor exactly. Adams or even Steel Sidebottom we no. know what they're going to deliver exactly uh, Steel Sidebottom though he's a draft guy do not get him in salary cap no he's, correct yeah don't get sold into Steel Sidebottom he's very expensive for what he is uh, Will Hoskin Elliott had a good game and he's a sneaky one for some draft leagues yeah um, I didn't realise he'd scored that well actually mm. no he he goes under the radar a fair bit because they do have a lot of uh, I mean, eight Pendlebury, Adams, you know, all those sorts of Eight things. marks is what did it. Mm-hmm. And um, as we discovered last year, as the season goes <laughs> on and it gets wetter, he's not taking as many marks. His scores suffer a bit during those middle few months. Yes. yeah. So well, he might be one to look at early in the season, maybe. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Brody, last year sent us through a theory, which was, I mean, quite obvious when you think about it, but mm-hmm. we hadn't thought about it up until that point, which is as you go further into the season and the weather does get wetter and wetter, those tall guys or those medium-range guys, exactly. They don't rack up quite as many points as the inside grunt guys because the ball is slick. You know, mm-hmm. it's not as easy to be as quite as classy. So uh, makes sense. That's why yeah, players like Taylor Adams, uh, Patrick Dangerfield, those in and under guys, they're the highest scorers through the most of the season. Um, who else was? 
good in this yeah, game. I mean, Tom Langdon, yeah, was was very good, but Collingwood just have so many of that same type. And we've, we say this every week. Yeah, they're difficult. Mm, they're, they've, they've got Tom Langdon, they've got Braden Maynard, they've got Jack Crisp. You've got, uh, I mean, Tom Phillips has rotated through there before. Josh yeah. Smith was played on a wing, but he's really a halfback. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lyndon Dunn back there. Adam Oxley. How to come back in. Exactly. Uh, Sam Murray, the guy they've recruited from GWS. Yeah. Uh, Sydney, sorry. Uh, a lot of rebounding defenders there. Yeah, it's very, very tricky to actually pin down who's their best 22. And even if they are best 22, what their role is. Yep. Um, so, good luck trying to read... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nathan Buckley's ideas. <laughs> yeah, because I've got no idea which mm. the best option is. Uh, Brody Grundy was a bit down this game. And last week, points. Yeah, last week I did say that Brody Grundy wasn't going to be affected by Mason Cox, which mm. I don't think he was particularly because Mason Cox really did play up forward and as that lead up forward. Yeah, he didn't really play a lot of ruck time. And he only had four hit outs, Mason I Cox. I think from memory, Grundy was scoring fairly decently and then just kind of stopped. Yeah, he's. He really just didn't get much of the ball. He had 29 hitouts, but he only had 10 disposals, nine of which were hand passes. So yeah, well, that might be the issue right there. Just and no marks. Yeah, just didn't think he usually take a few marks. Yeah, so hopefully he uh, he just picks up on that. Um, there was a lot of underperforming guys who I think are going to have good years, like Jack Crisp as a, a defender. Yeah, he's going to have a great year, I reckon. He's, he's locked in for me and my actually, salary. We're just saying we're not sure which of their rebounding defenders is going to be good. Chris, Chris will be. There we go. Chris I, will be. I think Chris is one that you can lock in. He's going to have a good role. Um, but, you know, Tom Phillips is one that I think could have a good year as well. But, mm-hmm. which, I mean, who's that new guy? Mihocek and... Uh, Appleby. Appleby, yeah. So there's there's two other guys they, who they're trialling in halfback. Yeah, they both looked good in their roles, but they were more shut-down players. Mm. So I think they did that well enough. Mm. Uh, not well enough to win, but well enough to show some moments that they will get another go. But... Um, I don't think they're fantasy guys. Yeah. Possibly salary cap if you're desperate for a heartbeat. But Just a quick word on Jaden Stevenson before we move on to the next game as well. But yeah, he's underperformed in uh, this game and also in the um, AFLX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't think he was particularly outstanding in that. But he is a talent, but we've always thought, is he actually just an X-factor talent or is he going to be a fantasy guy? And... I think still think eventually he will be a fantasy guy. I think it will take him a few years. There were a lot of moments in this game where he fumbled the ball when it got to him or it sort of landed just out of his reach or the guy with the ball turned the other way to where he was and handed it off to someone else. Yeah. There are a lot of almost moments for him. Um, I think a lot of the, and a lot of the times he fumbled it, he was probably already thinking about what he was going to do with the ball when he got it. So I think he'll build, but... He's not a guy for this year. But in a keeper league, if you were drafting at the moment, uh, James Stephenson is a very interesting player because, yes, he's a project player for the future. But, you know, do you take him early? Do you want to lock him away and uh, and just let him rest in your team for the next couple of years? Or an do you, interesting question. Or do you leave him? Um, yes. Depends on where your team's at. Yeah, and if you're a big Collingwood fan, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, that too. We'll move on to the uh, Bullies-Hawthorne game. Uh, this was actually a, a pretty good game to watch. Surprisingly good game, actually, oh, yeah. yeah. Bulldogs got ahead in the end by 100 to 78, and highest scorer for them was Dunkley, and that's someone that oh, Dunkley, what a what a player! I know you. Uh, it's it's a very very long story, but uh, to keep it short, you've uh, <laughs> uh, Dunkley was on traded by you, I believe, um, or was he stolen from you in the draft? Essentially, by I'd like to say he was stolen. I had a, I had the first the second selection in our draft last year. That's in it. our top up top up draft for mm-hmm. keepers. 
Um, it was between Dunkley and another player. I took the other player, who was McGrath, which is the right decision. Yeah, you should absolutely take McGrath. Dunkley was my number two. I was hoping he'd slip to my second round. He most certainly did not he slip. Absolutely did not. And then the, yeah. he was offered to me in the off season as a trade. I thought the guy was just pulling my chain and trying to do the old bait and switch with someone else. So I ignored it. And then he ended up being traded to someone else. I know. So your man love for Dunkley has actually, you, you thought you were getting tricked. So it's actually, yeah. it's hurt you in that yeah, situation. Oh, it hurts so much. Mm. I, he's such a good player. He, is, he does everything. He is a really good young player. The, the worry is the Bulldogs are another one of those sides which have very, very similar players. So and they rotate him around. And he scored three goals, one in this game. Mm. That's not going to happen every week. So you can pretty much knock, I don't know, 20 points <laughs> off his score just from that. Yeah. So I'd suspect he'll go around 80 to 85 this year mm. as his average, mm. which is still solid as a, I think he's a forward. I think he's just a midfielder, to be honest. I, I think in our ultimate footy, he could be a uh, forward mid, but... Uh, we'll check that one. Yeah, I, think, sure. I know he's just a midfielder in, um, in AFL Fantasy. Oh, in that case, then you don't really look at him. But. Yeah, I, I wouldn't particularly look at him this year, but in the future, keep an eye on Josh Dunkley. Yeah. Um, Shane, watch. Shane Biggs is an annoying one. Because he shows glimpses of being a really great fantasy player. He, Josh Dunkley, a forward oh. in AFL Fantasy for $517,000. Oh, fan footy is wrong. You might want to look in. Oh, that's an interesting one, actually. Um, but Shane Biggs, uh, he is he, he's a halfback in a team that's lost a couple of halfbacks in Boyd and Murphy. Mm. So do you take a punt on him and hope that he's best 22? Because when he is, he scores. Are you talking salary cap or draft? The salary cap. Mm, or draft, I guess. Draft, definitely. Yeah, absolutely in draft. Um, probably not early, early rounds, but you definitely have a bit of a go with him mm. after a few rounds in. Um, salary cap, I'd want to know how much he costs. Uh, Shane Biggs is 542 so he is a bit more expensive, but he's not I one of your uber expensive. Probably defenders. better mid-price options out there. Mm. Um. Yeah, I'd probably pass him in salary cap. <laughs> yeah, but it could be a point of difference. Very cool. And Bonsapelli, we know he's going to be a star, and he's going to average yeah. upwards of 100 this year, in our opinion. Um, who else have we got there? Jack McRae. He's... I, I'm not sure what to make of Jack McRae sometimes when he's a pure <laughs> midfielder. Obviously, last year he was a forward, and that was ridiculous. Mm. And don't get us started on that. But as a midfielder, do you think he has the ability to average enough to end up in your finishing team at the end of the year? It depends how the Bulldogs play this year, mm. how they go. If they have another good year, I can see him being that guy on the outside that gets all of the cheap ball. Mm-hmm. So they'll get it on the inside, they'll flick it around with handballs, they'll go to someone <laughs> on the outside, and that someone will be uh, McRae. Yep. Um, and then he'll just get plus sixes up and down the wing. Mm. So if that happens, potentially yes. Yeah. And if the, that doesn't happen, probably not. Yeah. And the guy getting out to him could be Tom Latore, who was uh, who was actually pretty good in this game as well, with eighty six from seventy seven yeah, percent game time. Score slowly but steadily increased over the course of the game. Five tackles is good. So he's an interesting mid pricer in salary cap actually at five hundred and seven k. So mm-hmm. he's he's a little bit more expensive than some, but he is cheaper than Jack Redden. So yeah, I feel like there's more safety with Redden though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Latore still has a bit of a question mark for me on if he can recapture his best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not 100% sold on liver. Mm. A guy that I am sold on for draft leagues, though, is Hayden Crozier. Uh, oh, okay. Moved over from Frio. Yeah. He looked good in this game. And yeah. So for new listeners, um, last year we did a review of the trade period. Um, yep. 
And he was a guy that we both sort of circled and went, keep an eye on him preseason. We flagged his uh, his role with the Bulldogs. Yeah, over the offseason, I think we probably both lost interest in him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, he'd slipped a long way down my rankings until this game. And I sort of sat up and went, yeah, he is actually going to take that Bob Murphy role. Yeah, I just forgot about him pretty much. You know, he's a very under-the-radar sort of player. But, yeah, he's, he, he could be something really, really good. So if he could go at an average in draft leagues of about 82 to 85, that's mm. great for a... I think he's actually a forward, technically. He is a is, forward, yeah. Yeah, but that, as a forward, if he's your third or fourth mm-hmm. forward, something like that, that's still gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's probably one to look at in keepers, I reckon. Because mm, he'll uh, switch to a defender at the end of the year. Oh, he will. And he'll probably keep that for some time. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be interesting DPP for salary cap as well. I think he's probably... Ooh, that's a good point. He's probably a bit too much. He's 467, although that's not bad. That's for, true. 467 for a... Um, for a defender slash forward who could average about 85 this year. Yeah. Yeah, if he can make you a little bit of catch and be a stepping stone to your uber premium. That is interesting. Be interesting. Um, one that, uh, I mean, he captures a lot of interest just because he looks really good when he's playing well, but Jason Johannesson, he's he's not for me. He's a very no. flashy player. He had a, a, a period, I think, oh, for about half of last year where he was going at well over 90 average, mm. well over, maybe even around about 100. And then they started tagging him and he was getting 40s, couldn't 50s it, yeah. every week. It for was, me, he's not a fantasy guy. He's one of those, just like Dylan Shield, like if you stop his game, the Bulldogs don't have the ability to, to score quite as much as they do when he's flowing free. So, yeah, um, yeah don't look at Jason Johannesson for me. Uh, anyone else catch your eye here? I mean, uh, McLean was a bit underwhelming. Yeah. Dalhouse, underwhelming. Yeah. Lucky Hunter, underwhelming. But again, this is JLT, so we don't know what yep. their actual roles yep. are going to be. Caleb Daniel, underwhelming. But I'm still not sold if he's actually a fantasy guy or not. Not yeah. 100% sure. Yeah. It's... Um, Norton. Norton. The commentators looked, loved looked, Norton. Yeah, Norton looked good, actually. He I, looked pretty composed. Yeah. I think he's, he's going to be a little bit expensive. So I'm... Thinking salary cap, basically. It's yeah. going to be a little bit expensive, but you'd think he's probably going to play a lot of games. He's a really competitive, good intercept marker, so he'll score a few plus sixes that way. Yeah. Dale Morris out for most of the season, or for half of the season at least. Yeah. So I think he's got a role. I think he'll score. Um, might be a guy to look at in defense because there's not a lot of good defensive rookies yeah. in salary cap. Yeah. So we'll move on to the Hawks. Just um, before we do, because oh, you completely oh. skipped someone that scored 98 points. Bailey Williams. There's a reason I skipped Bailey Williams, and it's because. He is the bottom of the pile in terms of those very similar players for me. You don't rate Bailey Williams? I don't overly rate Bailey Williams as a fantasy fan. I, I reckon I, you might be surprised by his scores last year. I just He has good patches. He does, but those patches, just like, uh, you know, Dunkley, just like, I mean, Liberatore, I guess you could throw in there as well, but you've also got Hunter, Dalhouse, uh, Daniel, all playing that same sort of role, even mm-hmm. Lin Jong to an extent. Um, it's like the... Uh, the Richmond um, yeah some situation score well you're not sure who exactly so but I don't know like they played him last year I was kind of in your boat where I was going I don't really rate him Mm. but they just persisted with him he kept playing and he has good patches that run a few games where he scores well so I don't know I think there's just something there and he's only like a third year player or something Mm. like that so I don't know a a deep draft or a deep keeper Mm, watch list him don't draft him yeah Look at him, keep an eye on him in the early season, early rounds of the season, maybe pick him up from the waiver wire. Well, his highest score for last year was in round seven. He got an 86. Um, 
his next best score to that was a 76. Uh, a lot of scores in the 60s and a couple of 50s in there as well. So yeah, Maybe he, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. I might be thinking of no, someone else. No, but he's a young player. So you could think that, yes, he might be able to take that next step up, but it's hard to win a team with a lot of players playing the same role. Maybe I'm thinking of the other Bailey. Bailey Dale. Maybe. Bailey Dale. You could be thinking of Bailey Dale. <laughs> Either way, we've spent too long on Bailey's. All right, yeah, we're going to move <laughs> Circle both of them, and we'll have a look at him in a couple of weeks. Um, Hawthorne. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to talk about him too long, but Tom Mitchell is the man. Start with Tom Mitchell in salary caps. Take him number one in draft leagues. If you're doing a startup keeper league, Tom Mitchell's only about, I swear he's about 24, 25. Um, so he's still young. You've got another six years of this crazy scoring. Take him number one as well. So... There's, there's just no question about that. Um, but the next best scorer was James Sicily, who's got that really fantasy-friendly role. How do you like mm. James? Because obviously in draft leagues, in keeper leagues, yes, you want to look at James Sicily. But how do you like him for fa- um, salary cap, mate? Um, yeah, he's an interesting one. How much is he in salary cap? 523. I'm actually really interested in putting him into my defense in salary cap. Is he cap. DPP in classic? Uh, he is. So sure, actually, because I know he, I know he's a forward. He should be a defender as well, so he's probably a forward defender. Uh, let's actually have a little bit of a research into that. And while we do, yeah, you talk. Yes, yeah, search. There we go. Um, so James Sicily, he's just playing that really fancy, friendly defensive role, and he's rolling through there. He's getting all the plus sixes. Um, the commentators are really loving it at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, I just can't speak highly enough of the role that he's playing. So if James Sicily is a defensive forward. That's actually really valuable. He is dual positioning. Is he classic? Oh, that's that's yeah. gold. I, and I'm, it's a really unusual dual position as well. A really handy one, mm-hmm. particularly for the buy rounds. If you play during the buy rounds, yeah, I am very interested in that. I think I might actually put him straight into my side after the podcast finishes. <laughs> um, you know, Luke Bruce. He's a draft guy yeah. only, and even then, very very deep draft. Uh, same last year, Ruffhead. we discussed Bruce Porpolo mm-hmm. and uh, Rioli. Yeah. Um, generally one of them will go off each week sometimes two of them mm-hmm. um, but you're never quite sure which one I know this is a man that you have in your salary cap side at the moment I'm steering well clear of him mm. Jaeger O'Meara purely because he's just so so cheap he is cheap but and, he was and, cheap last year and he burnt everyone that actually had him yeah I know I don't want to have him but he's just he's just so cheap he's just so cheap he's just so cheap I'm hoping that he spuds it up again next week so I've got a good enough reason to get rid of him because I don't actually I have no faith in his body I don't want him in my team Mm -hmm. but I feel like I have to I think Jaeger Amir is one of those guys that worst comes to worst I just wouldn't have him in my side and then if he plays round one and he busts out 100 or something like that and starts going up in price you just bring him in as your first inclusion in salary cap leagues yeah might be one way to go about it that's essentially what I would be looking at there um, and from there on in, Hawthorne really do have a lot of just pure uh, draft guys that you would look at deeper into draft. So yeah. players like Isaac Smith, uh, Liam Shields is a very, very good fantasy player, but you wouldn't be looking to pay that much for him in salary cap leagues. He's a draft guy. Because, of course, you've got to keep in mind that you you want to build towards a team that will actually get you through the finals. Yep. And he's too expensive to make you any money, really, at 640000 mm-hmm. And he's, he's not going, going to be there in the final, final team. So... Yep. You know, what's the point of having Liam Shields in your side? Uh, oh, geez, who else have we got there? Um, not really anyone in particular. David Mirror. I think we had he, someone ask us about him. About him. Yeah, yeah, last week. Uh, David Mirror. Um, look, he's... I don't know if he will actually be there for anything other than depth. Mm. And they do have a lot of those defensive general type players, even with Hodge gone. Yeah. 
So, but I think the only reason they brought him in is because Hodge is gone now and they just want someone there for the next couple of years yep. to bring in if there's a lot of injuries to the back line. Yep. And I think it's telling that he only played half a game. Oh, yeah. And I, scored 11. They, I think they only brought him on for a quarter, actually. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was Brisbane and the Swans. And the Swans just rolled over mm-hmm. in the end. This was not pretty to watch, no. unless you're a Swans fan. <laughs> um, and even then, it's pre-season, so you probably don't care. Yeah, so uh, some of the guys that we expected to be at the top of the list were... Uh, Josh Kennedy had a great game. Uh, Jake Lloyd, who I've got in my salary cap side at the moment, so I think he's going to be a top six defender at the end of the year. Jake Lloyd? Yeah, Jake Lloyd. Um, <coughs> off the top of my head, not knowing who the other... Oh, uh, yeah, he might be. I don't know. He's, I don't know, maybe five to eight for me. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, he could fit somewhere around about the fourth best defender this year. Yeah. Because, you know, who else have you got around him? You've got, oh, let's, let's have a look at some of the other I'd go, I'd back in... Laird, of course. Laird, I think Laird's going to be the Yo, best. Uh, probably Hibbard. Um, Hibbard and Simpson, maybe. Maybe. They're, they're the ones that I would put. Um, oh, I, I, don't, I think Jake Lloyd's going to outscore Sicily. Um, but the other ones who scored higher than him last year, I mean... Basher Hawley was around about. Dylan Robertson was around about. I don't think they're going to do as well this year. Yeah, all right, yeah, probably about fourth then. Yeah, so fourth to eighth. And he's not that expensive. So if you want to save a bit of cash at your defensive line at the start of the year and put it into your midfield or your forward line, mm. start with Jake Lloyd. Oh, um, all Yeah, Dane Rampey's interesting. He does this every now and again. He, I had him in keepers a couple of years ago just for <laughs> the year. And he, do, he does this every now and again. But more often than not, he'll score a sixty to seventy or so. Yeah, don't don't get sucked so, into. So yeah, don't don't back him in. Mm. Uh, Luke Parker though, he's underpriced for what he has done in past years and what he can do. Uh, yeah, he's an interesting one. But after going through last year, it's such a roller coaster with Luke Parker, and you don't know exactly what he's going to bring out every week because you know the the effort's always going to be there. But if uh, um, Sydney decide to throw him up forward for long periods of time, yeah. It really stops his ability to score. Yeah, he's. Yeah, it's tough I to actually have a lot to work. It's tough to pin down with Parker. So, if you're looking for a um, a, a cheaper mid-price defender, one that'll be a little bit more unique, I think Luke Parker will definitely be one to ca- take a look at. Mm-hmm. But just keep in mind, you're taking a punt. Yep. Um, but that could really pay off. Um, Lance Franklin is the, I think he's the second best. Forward on average from last year. Yep, that's available. I think you can quite comfortably lock him in. He's going to give you something fairly decent every week. I yeah. reckon. Oh, I mean, we had a uh, keeper league grand final last year, and oh, uh, don't remind me <laughs> that that final just happened to be the game that Franklin pumped out 170 something on a uh, old Liam even, Jones. As a defender. Even if he'd gotten a regularly good Franklin score of say 100, 110, I would have won. You would have. No, he had to pump out 170. Oh, I, just, I lost by what thirty-five points. <laughs> yep the uh, the messages that were flying back and forth with the fact that Liam Jones was being kept on him after he'd scored oh. his sixth and seventh goal. It was amazing. I could see. I I wasn't anywhere near you, and I feel like I could see the light dying in your eyes. It was, it was a sad night. We'll move on from Franklin and have a little bit of a look at. You know, there's a lot of guys for Sydney's team who are, you know, guys that you could look at deeper in your draft league because players like George Hewitt. As a forward is an interesting one. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tom Papley, we know, has a, a really good ability very to play. Interesting. I see that very similar um, scoring potential and where they are at the moment with their fantasy game. Yeah. Um, Nick Newman performed really well last year, but 
now that he's not a cash cow, he's not bottom price, I wouldn't be looking at Nick Newman. No, he's not for salary cap. Um, possibly one to look at for drafts still, but sort of mid, mid-tier. mid Callum Mills I do like, though. This is his third year, and he's... It, you know, he had that down second year, which we all know the second year blues happen. He went from yeah. about 73 to about 69 average. He could bust out this year and bring forward like a, an 80 average-ish as a defender. Yeah, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure exactly how to rate him at the moment. Um, <laughs> it's tough, it's tough. Because, yeah, I was sort of half offered him in a keeper trade and I just, I eventually went, no, nah, just because I don't know what he's going to offer. Did you say no to that trade? Yeah, yeah. You said no. Yeah. Oh. Just I wasn't sure what he was gonna, what his role was gonna be moving forward. You may forever be known as the man who said no to Callum Mills because he could be something special. But yeah, we but don't know. Do you know who I kept? Who? Clayton Oliver. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, no. I didn't know Clayton Oliver was a part of the trade. That's a that's a good choice, Matty. Well done. Um, but yeah, I agree. I reckon he could have a very good year, and he's someone that could actually take some of those points away from Jake Lloyd. Yeah, Riley Stoddart is a young defender who I think has a opportunity to get into the Sydney side because uh, Sydney like those really tough, nuggety sort of guys, mm. um, the really workmanlike players. If Jared McVeigh isn't playing, I think Riley Stoddart has a, a bit of a chance to maybe sneak in there. And mm. if he does, he's very, very cheap and he'll score pretty decently. Um, so just keep yep. keep an eye on him yeah. if he's, he's named round one. Yeah, he had a couple of good moments in, mm. in the game there. Mm. Uh, Darcy Cameron had a... you know the. Unfortunate thing is he wasn't particularly great during this game. No. But Callum Sinclair did go down with an injury, and we never want to see someone get injured. No. But it does mean that it might pave the way for Darcy Cameron to play some game time. Yeah, and you you never know. If he's playing a less (coughs) dominant Ruckman than Steph Martin, he might have more of an impact on the game. Because moving right onto the Brisbane Lions, Steph Martin was dominant. He looked... Very good. And this was with no marks. And normally, so he scored yeah. 90 Dream Team points. Uh, we've got 26 hitouts in there. You've got He got seven clearances. That's like what Steph Martin was producing in 2015, 2016. He got eight free kicks as well. Yeah. I mean, that's only eight points, but it's a pretty high number. Well, uh, I think Darcy Cameron gave away about three or four of them. That would probably do it. Um, but and young Ruckman do that sometimes. Yeah. But... Steph Martin is still a very, very good Ruckman. The worry is when do they start phasing him out to try and bring more games to, into Archie Smith. Yeah, or oh, the fact that... Because there was talk in the off-season that he was going to be traded back to Victoria. Yes. But he stayed. Which means... It gives me some sort of indication that they've he's said... He's part that, of their plans. That you're still going to be our number one Ruckman. He's still part of the plans. He's still going to be number one. Because if yeah. he wasn't part of the plans... They would have moved him on. But if you picked up Steph Martin in the draft, I don't mind the idea of with your last or second last pick, picking up Archie Smith just to handcuff him so that if just something happens, you know he's going to step straight into the role. Yep. Um, Louis, it really drops off for there for Brisbane in terms of scoring. It goes from 90 to 66. But to be fair, <coughs> Brisbane were never really in control of the ball at any no. point of this game. So, um, two not guys, surprising. Two guys that I did want to keep an eye on were the forwards Matheson and Christensen. Yep. Uh, Matheson, I thought, was pretty good, and he was getting some midfield minutes. Yeah. So I definitely put a big tick next to him on the watch list. Still room to grow, but yep. I liked what I saw. And he was sort of steady throughout the game building. Mm. And Alan Christensen as well did just enough. He was rotating between the midfield and the forward line a lot. Mm. I I mean, just keep an eye on this, but he's cheap enough. 331000 The thing, because I watched about three quarters of this game and then just got tired of... The thing that was happening and stopped. Um, the thing that really caught my eye was that Christensen was everywhere. 
even mm. though he wasn't often rewarded with the ball, he only got it 16 times, but his work rate to cover the ground was awesome. Which, so, is, which is something that sort of uh, hasn't been there in Christensen's game before that I've seen, you know. Mm. Uh, so if he can keep that work rate up, then the scores will come, especially yeah. in a Brisbane Lions side where someone's got to get a bit of the ball and they don't really have a lot of ball winners at the moment. I mean, they've got Zorko and Dane Beams. And it is, I mean, both of them both miss of them this game. Yeah. So um, that will impact on the midfield rotations and who's getting the ball and the scores and everything. But, definitely. Um, yeah, I still like to Christensen's game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Witherden is one that, I mean, I've skipped a lot of players here, but to go down to Alex Witherden, he had a great year last year. This is his second year. I'm not sure what he'll produce because he... He could be that diamond in the rough player that actually does well in, in his second year. Very rare, but it's scoring possible. up. But, you know, that's, what, 1%? It's almost every single player goes through a bit of a second-year blues where other teams have seen them now, they've worked out how they like to play, yeah. they've got plans for them as opposed to their first year where they're, they're still fresh yeah. um, and they're underrated because they're rookies. So... Just be a bit tentative when it comes to Alex Witherden. But in, yeah. in your keeper drafts, you hang on to him. He should be very, very high on your list. Yeah. I the the only kid. reason that he wouldn't already be taken <coughs> is if your league has a waiver cutoff like ours did. 100%. So, so he's available in ours, and I think everyone's expecting he's the number one pick. Yeah, he is a. Uh, I think there's a bit of frothing over the mouth about Alex Witherden. And if he slips some picks, um, yeah, whoever gets him is going to be very, very yeah. lucky. But yeah, I agree. I think he will have some second-year blues. It was interesting watching this game. He shanked a lot of kicks. There were a lot of clangers. He did not do that last year. So clearly there's a little bit of stuff going on in his head. Yeah. And the last one I really want to talk about from Brisbane is Cam Rayner. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, he's the, the number one draft pick. Everyone talks him up. He, there's a lot of players who are new to fantasy as well who think, I know this kid's name. I'm going to pick him, even though he's a little bit more expensive than others. I wouldn't. Hard pass. It's not worth it. Uh, in a keeper league, yes, because he is a project player. But that's the key. He will be a project player. I mean, there is a reason they kept comparing him to Dusty Martin in the uh, uh, just around about draft time because he does have a lot of similar skills, a lot of similar abilities, but he's going to take a lot of time to build up to anything even close to resembling that sort of scoring. So, yeah, just um, like Dusty did. Yeah, absolutely. So keep him uh, on your watch list for keepers, but... Don't take him in any other format. Yeah, yeah, agreed. We'll um, do you want to very quickly say anything about Mitch Robinson? Uh, yeah, I mean, Mitch Robinson for draft leagues will be a bit of a sleeper, I think. Mm-hmm. And he will fall because people have forgotten what he's able to do as a forward. Uh, if he's fought, if he's fallen a little bit and you're in the middle of your sort of pickups, uh, maybe, well, oh, geez, it would depend on how many teams you actually have in your side, but mid-rounds... Yeah. Uh, when the forwards and defender list starts getting really thin, yeah. Mitch Robinson is definitely a good way to go because he can average 87-plus. Yep. Um, so definitely have a look at him. I wouldn't look at him in salary cap league because I don't no, think no. he's going to be a top-six scorer and he's not cheap enough to be a mid-pricer when there's Christensen and Petrarca and those sorts I'd of guys around. I'd take those guys over. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, move over to the uh, Gold Coast-Geelong game. This result is... Don't even look at the result. I mean, Gold Coast bought... They didn't even bring Danger... What? What is it? Danger... Uh, um, uh, what is it? Um, Danger Woodlet. That's the Danger one. Danger Woodlet or Gary Danger Woodlet. There, there. 
I hate that last one. But Gary Dangerwood. <laughs> I was left at home. So yeah. their best three midfielders weren't there. Exactly. Arguably their best three. Well, they are their best three. I mean, Duncan, yeah, maybe could be considered in that bracket now after last year, but yeah. you'd still say those three are far above. Um, so Whereas Gold Coast probably played their best side. Yeah. Or close to it. Very, very close to it. I mean, uh, the fact that Tom Lynch was rolled out uh, was very interesting. I thought they'd leave him in Cornwall and just not even bother playing him. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, on Gold Coast side of things, Aaron Hall is a great fantasy player when he's performing. Yeah. But it, it, I just wonder if Ablett leaving that side is a really good thing for him or a really bad thing for him. I think it'll be good. I think he'll do well with the extra um, responsibility. Because he's averaged, like, you know, 105 plus when he's on those good patches. He's had months where he's averaged, like, 120 or something. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. So do you think that he could put together a year of maybe not 120, but maybe no. 105? Yeah, for sure. That's that's big, actually. That's that's I pretty big. He can do that. He's another mid-priced midfielder, 690,000. So mm-hmm. he's in that Parker, five that sort of range. Yeah, I'd probably still take them above him just because of the probably safer. safer. Five I think he especially. has more upside. Yeah, easily. Uh, um, Holman is the rookie that now everyone is talking about. He was yeah. real. He looked good as well. Yeah, and. Uh, they need those sort of players. They need that little bit of brunt, uh, grunt, should right. I say? Yeah. Um, and uh, and they've got to get it from somewhere. Show more brunt. Yeah. That's it's it's a word. It sounds similar <laughs> enough. Uh, so I, I think Nick Holman's going to play a lot of games if he can just get settled in the side. So mm-hmm. if they name him round one, you have to have him on your salary cap team. Agreed. At one hundred and seventy. And if he can keep putting up not eight tackles, that's a little bit high to expect. Mm-hmm. But five. Four or five tackles a week. Mm-hmm. I think he keeps his spot. Yeah. Um, from there on in for Gold Coast, it's really, really hard to name a lot of guys that you would have a, a good hard look at in draft and keeper leagues. I mean, Barlow's one. I think there's a few potential draft guys. There's very little salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Barlow in uh, salary cap leagues, uh, when you actually see him play... Yeah, because uh, he didn't play in this game, did he? He did not. No, they, so I think they've said he will play next game. Yeah, right? which which is great. So if he's actually playing in JLT round two, um, he's probably worth it as a forward still in yeah, AFL fantasy. Yeah, you'd definitely look at him. Uh, but apart from that, you know, Braden Fiorini is an interesting young player who could take that next step this year. Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got a a, um, a high ceiling. We know that. Got an amazing ceiling. I think this is actually his third year as well. It so is, yeah, that I think he's primed for a big year. Mm. Uh, so definitely in draft leagues, take a look at him towards the end. Yeah. Will Brody's interesting because you know he's had that down year last year, yeah. and he should get more game time. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he was a guy that I was keeping an eye out for this game. Um, he got a lot of the ball. <coughs> uh, he only got 14 touches, but I reckon he had another five or six touches where he actually chose not to dispose of the ball mm-hmm. and held on to it and accepted the tackle. Yeah. Um, so he was getting a lot of it, even if he wasn't actually getting disposed with it. I think as the year progresses and he gets a bit more comfortable with his role and with his teammates, yep. he'll start dishing out a few more handballs, a few more possessions there. But he showed good presence, I thought. Love it. Uh, we mentioned three Gold Coast players, I think, last week, which were Fiorini, Brody, and the other one was Bose. Um, yes. Yeah, Bose really didn't have a great game on the weekend. Yeah, I wanted to see more from him. And I'm, I'm not sure where he, what role he actually has in the side either. And that's the big thing for fantasy, the role. So. I think he's a halfback, mm. I think. But you'd think that even though they didn't score well, um, Kate Collagesny and Harbrow are probably ahead of him in terms of rebounds. Yeah. And Scrimshaw, whenever he actually comes in and plays as well, he's that sort of player too. Um, Kate Collagesny just is a really big letdown because... 
a couple of years ago, I would have rated him as one of the best, if not the best, young defender to have uh, yeah. in, a, in a keeper league or in draft leagues going forward. I probably would have as well, to be honest. But, yeah, just I know he's had injury issues, but he really just hasn't come on the way that we thought he would. Mm. Um, yeah, and this year, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure that I would look at him too highly in draft leagues, to be honest. It's sad, but he's actually a bit of a speculative pick, mm. I think. I, I just... I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I say that having just said, I think he's ahead of Bose in terms of being a rebounder. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure what his scoring is going to be like. Yeah. Especially after all the concussion issues he had last year. Yeah, 100%. Um, and yeah, the other one was uh, Jared Witts, which I noticed didn't have a particularly great game for, for Witts' normal scoring he range. He was sharing the rock roll with Nichols, though. Yeah. And, and that really does take away. So if both of those guys are actually playing in the same side at the start of the season, that's a huge worry. I wouldn't think they will. No. Two-meter Peter didn't play this game. So you and would think, think he's this backup Rockman. Yeah, he's... Or possibly Sam Day. Yeah, well, either or. But those guys are playing as almost a permanent forward and then coming into the ruck to give one of those guys a change out. You'd yeah. think the side would be way too big with Day, um, with Wright, with Nichols, and with Wits. And with Lynch. And Lynch. That's five tools to rotate through the mm. forward line and the ruck. That's too much. It's just too much. And... Not, I, I can't actually, maybe Nichols to an extent is probably the only one that's actually particularly athletically gifted from all those guys. Like Peter Wright's a little bit a bit different, but yeah. I don't know how good the rest of them are actually are at forward pressure or um, would, ground ball. wouldn't think amazing. Yeah, well, uh, unless you've got anyone else that you want to talk about there, we'll move on Not to really. Geelong. Um, Zach Tui. Uh, is another guy that's going to be very solid as a defender this year. So yeah, Solid, not spectacular, but very yeah. solid. He should be one of the um, higher chosen defenders in your draft leagues. Mm-hmm. But uh, for salary cap lead, I don't think he's going to be top six. So awesome. probably wouldn't look at him. And Sam Managola is one that I'm avoiding like the plague in salary cap So leagues. this, I think we talked about this last week. I think we did, yes. Possibly. If we didn't, we probably should have. But um, he scored 76. Great score. Um, that's their second highest score. But he did it with... Uh, Danger Woodlet's not playing. Yeah. As soon as those three come back in, Menegola goes back to the forward line. Mm-hmm. He does not score in the forward line. Yeah, he's and um, he just doesn't get enough midfield time with all those three guys plus Mitch Duncan in. All four of those are well ahead of him in terms of midfield minutes. Yeah, so pass for me. Yep, definitely. Mitch um, Duncan, 72. Great. It's, it's just a great warm-up. 61% game time as well, 72. That's Yeah, yeah I think he set out the entire last quarter. Yeah, I have no issue. I think he could be easily a top 10 defend, uh, top ten midfielder at the end of this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I reckon he's amazing. I and, and I think that he could, like, if you want to start him in your uh, salary cap side... All power to you. It's uh, I think it'll be, be a, a POD, and he will be a bit of a POD as well. Because Quite a difference for the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm assuming if you've found us, you know what a POD is. Exactly. But just in case you don't, if you found us at the corners of the internet, you probably have some background knowledge of fantasy football. But you never know. <laughs> um, all right, who else have we got? Lockie Fogarty uh, as a future player. Hmm. Keep an eye on that name. So I wouldn't necessarily be looking at him even in a keeper league this year. Agreed. But in two, three, four years' time, I reckon Lockie Fogarty will be a very good fantasy player. And I reckon exactly the same for Charlie Constable. Yeah, 100%. I liked what I saw from both of them, but I agree there. The midfield minutes aren't going to be there for him. He's a prototype midfielder, isn't he? He's that really tall, 
guy, I, I know that they say he can go up into the forward line and clunk marks. I haven't actually seen him do that at underage level. No. But, I mean, he could. If he's, yeah, you never know. He could do it. If he has some ability to. He's more, he, like, his thing during the under um, under 18s is he was an inside mid with good hands. Oh, yeah. That was his thing. So He was terrific as well. Yeah. Um, so, Tim Kelly's one I was keeping a close eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, the worry, I liked what I saw. I, I liked what I saw to an extent. Um, when was he injured? Because I didn't actually see this game. Oh. <laughs> I want to say second or third quarter. Okay. Uh, that clears up a little. Late bit. second, early third, maybe. Okay. And he was taken off for the rest of the, the game, am I yeah. right? Yeah. So that puts things a bit more into perspective. I want to say third. third I, quarter. I finished work and I looked at the scores. I noticed that he was on 48 and said... That's not good that he's gotten 48 from a game where the top three midfielders were out. Yeah, I've got an idea he might have been on about 35 to 40 or so at halftime. Okay, yeah, I can. I would definitely take that. And considering how cheap he is mm-hmm. and the fact that he will, they drafted him for a reason as a mid, uh, mid-ager. You'd think he's the Stephen Motlop replacement. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's so, got that X factor. He can play a little bit of mid, a little bit of half forward. Mm. Uh, moving on from him. The Geelong Rock situation again into another oh. year, just still <laughs> confusing as all hell. Zach Smith, Reese Stanley, uh, to an extent, um, old mate uh, Wiley uh, Buzzer. Yeah, Wiley Buzzer, that's and, the one. And uh, Ratagolia. Right. Mostly forward, but they did mention he can play Ruck. Yes, that's true. Um, and of course, you've got, I've completely Blitzers. blanked on the name Blitzarves. There we go. He played mostly defense. Did he really? Ah, that's according to the commentators. Oh, well, I really wasn't paying <laughs> yes. that much attention to him. Do not pay much attention to Blitzabs. He he just doesn't have a very fantasy friendly role now that he's not a, a third up rockman anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, apart from like, so just stay away from Geelong Rockman if you have the opportunity to. If yeah, if you're really looking for someone deeper into a draft league, if you have Zach to pick Smith, one, it's Zach Smith. But not any of the other ones. No, unless you're desperate. Yeah. Uh, did you spot anyone else for Geelong that you uh, you like to look up, mate? Not particularly, no. No, not for fantasy. I'm really waiting to see JLT2 if uh, Dangerfield plays. Uh, yeah. I'll be interested if Ablett plays. I doubt he will, but... Yeah, I'd be surprised. Uh, but yeah, can't wait to see what that actually looks like on the same team. The one guy I did like the look of, but he's n- he's no one that I wouldn't look at him for fantasy this mm. year, is Brian Myers. Yeah. He that's... had some nice touches and some nice little moments, mm. but he's not going to play much, if at all, this year. I wouldn't have thought so. They do want a really small forward, that really small pressure forward. Yeah. Geelong could use it, but... And if he's named round one... I still wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't look at him, he's unless... Gonna be, he's going to be more of an impact player than an accumulator. But yeah. I, just, I liked what he delivered. Mm. Um, I don't know. It might just be the fact that he's got dreadies, but he did remind me a lot of <laughs> Dalhouse when he first came on the scene. He, he kind of does, actually, remind me a little bit of what Dalhouse used to do so, as I a pure small forward. You don't know. In a few years' time, he might become relevant, but I like the look of him. Yeah, well, that's the uh, the games for this week. So we're really looking forward to the uh, the actual second round starting, and that's when the teams start to really reflect closer to what the best 22 would be like in round one yes. for the season. Uh, we're going to cut the podcast in half just now. Come back in a minute and answer some of the questions off Twitter and off Facebook. So uh, we'll talk to you guys in a minute. <laughs> 